What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashiba Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiba? Girl, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's, let's go. go. Hey, ladies, welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman podcast. We are in Jonah 2 today. Jonah 2. Ooh, Jonah 2. We're in it now. We're we're in the throes of it, and we're talking about Jonah's prayer today, and it is just chock full of abundance and riches. And so, Leah, you're going to read Jonah 2? I will read Jonah 2. Here we go, ladies. This is Jonah 2 in the CSB. Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. I cried out for help from deep inside Sheol. You heard my voice. When you threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. And I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. The water engulfed me up to the neck. The watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountains. The earth's gates shut behind me forever. Then you raised my life from the pit, Lord my God. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you, Mm. to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. Mm, The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God, baby. So, okay, Leah, take us through what in our section of look, what do we see in observation about some details? Yeah, well, first of all, I want to, I want us to just take in the fact that this is essentially poetry. It's Jonah's prayer, uh, but essentially it is in the form of a poem, poem which is very familiar to the Hebrew reader. Mm-hmm. And this is what we got going on here. We got the Lord and Jonah one-on-one. One-on-one. Talking. One. Jonah is crying out to the Lord. There's an audience of one, mm-hmm. okay? Nobody's yeah. there. He's in solitude. He's yeah. in this low place. Mm-hmm. And he's in the depths of the sea. Mm-hmm. He's there for three days and three nights, and he's praying and crying out to God, yeah. his Lord, um, reckoning with his heart and with the reality where he is. So, Yeah, and one of the things that I wrote as I lo- looked at this prayer, when it says, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, this is one of the things that I really saw was that where Jonah was silent in chapter one Mm -hmm. and talking to God was non-existent. In chapter two, here he is and he's praying to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so there is a tenderization. Let me not laugh. God is like, I got your attention now. I got your attention now. So Jonah goes from a hard heart Mm -hmm. to a softened soul. Yes. From a hard heart to a softened soul. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So we're in the depth of the sea, in the belly of the fish. That's where he is. And Leah, what are our key verses in chapter two? 
So to, to encapsulate what's going on here, we're pulling out these key verses, uh, verse seven, mm-hmm. uh, where Jonah says, as my life was fading away, I remember the Lord and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also really, I mean, it's just the that last section, eight and nine mm. um, as well, verses eight and nine, those mm-hmm. who cherish worthless idols, abandon their faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Girl, I'm already shouting because I know. Yes. Because right here we have Mm. Jonah reckoning with his reality. Yes. And God, his position and God's position, which Mm -hmm. I think is the, that low, it's almost like this is so appropriately confession. Yes. Because if you come from, maybe you don't come from a liturgical church structure or whatever, but if you do, there's this habit of the confession is when you get to that low place, Mm -hmm. you sit down and you realize I have extolled the Lord. I've worshiped Mm -hmm. him for who Mm -hmm. he is. Mm -hmm. And now that I have a picture of who he is, Mm -hmm. I have also a real reality of how far I am from that. Yeah. And Jonah is right there in that sweet spot. Yeah. Salvation belongs to the Lord alone. Yeah. 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 100%. 100%. And so we see these key terms um, that in chapter two are called out, distress, this crying out for help. And then the language of raising and remember, and he prayed um, to the holy temple. And then we see these repeated words too of the Lord your holy temple, um, the word depths and low and low. And so, um, yeah, man, this is, Jonah's prayer is just chock full. It's chock full of riches and truths that we often, I think in our lives, when we uh, fall short of God's glory, when we fall into sin, we forget about um, because we're just, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like Jonah, the book of Jonah has allowed me a whole lot more mm-hmm. to be aware of my sin. That's right. Yeah. My sin as a follower of Jesus, Leah, mm-hmm. as well as um, my need for constant repentance mm-hmm. and awareness of where I am not in yeah. the presence of God. I am not. Um, abiding in him, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, it has pointed out like just the power uh, and the significance of God's presence. Mm. Like as we were talking about in the last um, episode, the reality of what it is, what is God's presence? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that throughout this, God is showing his presence in these powerful ways. Yes. Commissioning Jonah. Yes. As he's getting Jonah's attention. So yes. as we're yes. in that place, right? Let's mm-hmm. let's think about, okay, here we are. What does this mean? How can we listen to yeah. what God is speaking in this chapter? Yeah. Um, where Jonah is face to face with the Lord. So are yeah. there verses? from other books of the Bible that yeah. help to expand our understanding. We, 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 could, we could just camp out here for a minute. We could camp out here for a minute. Because this is a prayer, right? So because me, it's so a let prayer. Me, so let me launch mm. this to you. And, and, say, and you said it's poetry. Right. So listen, you guys hear what Leah said. That should give us a clue. If it's a prayer and it's poetry, where else do we see Where that? do we see prayer and poetry in scripture, we see it in the Psalms. You are correct. And so Jonah is like praying the Psalms, Mm y'all. In verse two, he's 
uh, it's referring back to Psalm 3 and 4 in Psalm 118, 5. And verse 3 is the language of lamentation 3, 5 through 6. And verse, uh, as well as Psalm 42, 7 in verse 3. And then in verse 6, we're hearing the language from Psalm 88, 6 through 7. And then when you look at the, 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 the prayer as a whole, you can hear the beauty of Psalm 130 as David is awaiting redemption. Leah said, hand me my Bible. <laughs> Y'all, we have, Bible. listen, we're going to have church up in here because it is, ooh, the, the Psalms are these places that can point us not just to the truth of who God is, but it also allows us to understand in a culture like a like a westernized America mm-hmm. where you don't really hear people talking about laments. You don't hear people talking about how to repent, how to confess sin. Yeah. We don't hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the Psalms. Yeah. Are the are, and, are a tutor for and us. Jonah knew that because he was a student of the scriptures. Come on. So check this out, ladies. Psalm one thirty. The Psalm way that it is echoes Jonah. I mean, just okay. First of all, that Psalm, it, how it echoes Jonah, but also where is Psalm thirty located? It's located in the Psalm of Ascent. Yes. So it it the Psalms of Ascent going into the Lord's <laughs> presence in the temple. We about to shout this week, y'all. The riches are so. The oh riches, my God! Okay. The okay. God's word is a treasure so, trove, fam. So, so the straight treasure trove. Go so ahead. Check this. Psalm one thirty says, "Out of the depths I mm. call to you, Lord. Lord, listen to my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for help." Lord, if you kept an account of iniquities, Lord, mm. who could stand? Who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness Forgive so that me. you may be revered. Mm. And I wait for the Lord. I wait and put my hope in his word. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman wait waits for, for the morning. morning. Oh. More than watchman for the morning. Israel, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For there is faithful love with the Lord and with him is redemption mm. in abundance and he will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Listen, it's one of my favorite Psalms. If you don't, if you don't memorize, but one song, memorize that with Psalm 1, Psalm 3, and Psalm 130, yeah. listen, it'll hold you up. It'll hold you up on something, okay? So, I mean, when you listen to that, you, you hear, hear it. the parallels you hear between it. Jonah too. Totally. Even that he's calling on the Lord for salvation, even that he's calling on the Lord's presence, even yes. that he's reckoning yes. with where God is, high yes. and lifted up, and that yes. he is low. Yes. Um, it, it, in any person who treasures yes. sin, right? Yes. Yes. And so, totally. Yeah. Totally. So, that, so, what we're saying is to sum it up, this prayer is evidence that Jonah is familiar with the scriptures. He's mm. praying them back to God. He's praying God's word back to himself because he's hidden it in his heart. Y'all, in a time of need. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And let me just talk about why that is a little bit important. I don't want to go into too much application, but these two words that we sort of see in chapter one and chapter two, the difference, yeah. right? 
where the sailors are calling out, it's this word of Kara, like it's a calling out. You're looking at a screaming for help. You're raising your voice, right? You're being shook with sound. It's almost out of, it is out of trauma. It's out of a place where desperation desperation is, right? Versus praying to the Lord is is, is, uh, in the Hebrew, palau. It's a talking to God on your behalf. You're, You're praying to someone. You're praying immediately. You're talking to the Lord uh, intimately, okay? And so where in chapter one, there's this temporary quick relief. In chapter two, we're in an intimacy and an acknowledgement of who the Lord is and where his help comes from. Shiva, I see that immediately, immediately in my mind because I'm like, it's the difference between shouting to get someone's attention Come on. and being on a couch with somebody where you have their wrapped attention and you're having a conversation mm. and you're engaging, mm. right? Like if I'm trying to catch the bus, I'm hollering at the bus. But if I'm sitting with you on the bus, we're going to talk Yes, I have your attention. We're working through some things. We're working through some things. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of The Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. So looking at um, listen, when we transition into listen, Leah, you're talking about um, these components of understanding the passages that expand our text in the Psalms. What is the meta narrative theme that we see in Jonah 2? Yeah, ladies, as, oh we, my as we always look for these creation, fall, redemption, restoration themes, we are smack dab in Jonah 2 in the middle of a narrative of redemption, mm. a theme of redemption. Mm. Jonah says in verse 9, salvation belongs to the Lord. And what is salvation? Salvation. Salvation is Talk deliverance from sin mm-hmm. and its consequences. This is the crux of our faith that is found in Christ. Christ has delivered delivered us from our sins and the penalty of sin. So therefore we can be in fellowship with him, the father and the spirit Mm -hmm. and have the abundance of relationship and fellowship. And so when we're saying salvation belongs to the Lord, the Lord is the embodiment of our deliverance. Yes. So looking at these major themes, we see these three major themes playing out. We in Jonah 2, right? We see the Lord's provision. We see the Lord's presence and we see the Lord's mercy. We see the Lord's provision in chapter two, verse one, where the fish is this sort of- uh, provision from the Lord. It's his is his provision that he has provided to Jonah where we had the ship 
as the Lord's provision, right? And how God is protecting them, right? The fish is now the Lord's provision. And it is the way in which God's sovereign hand is at work where he's controlling and saying, who is on the throne through through my creation? It's what I have given you for your protection, your provision, and your care. Yeah. And so we see we see the Lord's provision in two one. The Lord's presence is in two four and two six. Leah, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So we see the Lord's presence is ultimately made known in His response. Mm. Um, to Jonah, mm -hmm. right? So he's coming to him, like we talked about that in the spirit of prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also know that anytime that Jonah or any of the Hebrews refer to the Lord in his holy temple, they're talking about the presence. Mm -hmm. At that time, the presence of the Lord was considered That's that right. temple, the tabernacle, the tabernacle, was the very presence yep. of God. Yep. Right. So when they're talking about, I will, when Jonah is saying, I will look once more toward your holy temple, he's mm -hmm. saying, I'm evoking, I'm evoking your presence mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, and I know that you can turn your attention to me in that. And so Right there in two, again in four, yet I will look once more to your holy yeah, temple. Yeah, yeah. Once again in six, uh, you know, he says, the then you raise my life from the pit. There's an there's an instance of God coming, his presence mm -hmm. being near, and mm -hmm. an active mm -hmm. uh, movement of raising him. From yeah, the yeah. So yeah. yeah, his presence is very real. And then, uh, like you said, we see this major theme of the Lord's mercy. Oh my goodness, now. the Lord's mercy. The Lord's mercy. What, what is mercy? Yeah, mercy is not getting what we rightfully deserve. And it's plain text. Jonah rightfully deserves death because as a prophet, you knew what the Lord had commanded you to do and you did not do it. I mean, literally prophets as well as priests used to have um, a, a piece tied to them when, we, when they would go into the temple. And if they had sin and unconfessed sin, they would drop dead. And so what Jonah rightfully deserved was the judgment of God, but God gave him mercy. That's compassion. That's a, a hesed love that is una, una, unabandoned, is unashamed, and is connected to his very personhood. And so when Jonah is saying in verse six, right, just as you said, Leah, uh, I sank the foundations of the mountains, the earth gate, the earth's gates shut behind me forever. As he's in the, in the deep, deep depths mm -hmm. of the sea, he says, then, I love that word then, that's like a ham and organ behind it. Then you raised my life from the pit. Lord, my God, Lord, my God, you raised me up. That's the mercy of God being enacted because he could have sank and, and stayed there rightfully. Jonah is aware of the mercy of God and that God meets him and rescues him instead of enacting his judgment. Yes. And so there are huge implications around this, particularly Leah and I talked about this, um, that those who follow the Lord are people who are a people who understand the commands of God, that when God says, you shall have no other God before me, right? One of his, one of the 10 commandments, Exodus 34, 14 makes it even clearer. For you shall worship no other God, 
For the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. And so when we are understanding what is happening in Jonah's life, Jonah's idol is actually being revealed as he remembers the Lord that it's not just what the the act that he has done, but it's what has been taking place in his heart that is being revealed and showing that he is not loving the Lord his God with all his heart, with all his mind, and with all his strength. He's actually going the opposite of that. And God is jealous. And he, out of his love for us, I just have to say this, out of God's love for us, because he is jealous, he will correct us. Yeah. He will correct us and he will he will provide consequence for us because he is jealous and our hearts are to be for him and him alone. Yeah, there's two elements in what you're saying that I'm just like, oh, I wish I had a highlighter. I would highlight it. I just have to point out that like when um, Jonah, from his perspective, where he's talking about those who cherish worthless idols, abandon their faithful love, that would have been familiar to him to the Gentiles, right? Mm -hmm. Like to the nations, those who did not know the Lord. But one of the things that God is always trying to draw out is that he, the definition of his covenant people is a definition of the heart, not necessarily of a people group or a nation. And Israel was often misunderstanding that and being like, no, they cherish worthless idols. They have all these idols. But God is like, no, your heart as well can get to that point where you're cherishing worthless idols and you've left your first love. So to your point of what you were saying, Toshiba, Mm -hmm. God is a jealous God. He is determined to get our attention. Yes. And he's determined to get Jonah's attention. Yeah. When Jonah forgets the love of the Lord, which should compel him to covenant obedience. Yeah. You know, he's like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stand for that. I'm going to get your attention down here in the belly of this fish. Yep. To draw you back to your faithful love of me. Yep. And this goes back to even chapter one sort of takeaway that God is after our hearts. We cannot outrun his presence because God pursues whom he loves, who he created, he loves. Mm-hmm. And so in chapter two, this is an awareness that God is after our hearts yeah. and an allegiance right. and, an, and a worship of him and him alone in our hearts. Because if he has our hearts, yes. then he will be able to, it, like, it, he will be able to, uh, our actions will be able yeah. to impact, will come out of what is in our hearts. That's right. Right? That's right? Right? Yeah, that's that sweet spot of surrender. And so to the second point of what you were saying, like, I know we have we look at this and we're like, man, this, he's in a posture of lowliness. He has a painful consequence, as yeah. I like to say to my yeah. children, right? Yeah. Of being in the belly of this fish. But yeah. Even those consequences are so controlled by the Lord. He's so sovereign over those circumstances that he uses to get our attention and to get our hearts back to him that it just reminds us that he's really not, he's he's such a loving and faithful God. He's not harsh. He's after that place of surrender. Yeah. And so the quicker that we and the quicker that Jonah gets to that place of surrender, that's right. That place of the heart. That place of the heart. The 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 you know the quicker we the softening of the of the soul. soul. I love that. The softening of the soul. The quicker we get to that place of surrender, Mm -hmm. the quicker God can say, All right, Mm. let's do this. And on that note. 
how then should we live? How can we apply this to our life? Leah, you are landing the plane around this heart uh, posture and what we can glean for our hearts, that the path towards surrendering our disobedience is going to be marked with distress. And not all distress is the same, right? right. Not all not all distress is the same. And we want to make that clear, clarifying point. But if it is caused by disobedience, disobedience if right. it is connected to disobedience, you will come face to face with some form of distress. Because when we choose disobedience, the only response is consequence. Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines as a father disciplines his child, so the Lord disciplines those he loves. And so just like Jonah, it brings us to the point of being aware of our need for rescue. And here's the thing, God's love is so deep and he is so worthy that he wants our undivided affection and devotion to him. And so as Leah really landed that plane on verse eight, that those who cherish worthless idols, they will abandon their faithful love. And, And when God is inviting us into a heart that is rescued and redeemed, he is inviting us towards a softened soul that sees what we treasure is not him alone. And he's inviting us towards Will you lay down your yes. idol? Yeah. Will you lay down what is on the throne of your heart? Yeah. And here's the thing. What's always true is that the way we hold our idols is very tight-fisted. Yeah. If we held them open-handed, there would be no distress. Mm-hmm. But the reality is our hearts are prone to wander. We hold our mm. idols tightly. And God in his kindness is saying, I'm going to wrestle it free from your hands. Mm -hmm. And it's going to hurt because you don't want to let it go. But once you get to that place of surrender, Mm -hmm. I will meet you. Yeah. And because he's after our hearts, we will be quicker to give him our actions. When we surrender our hearts, then we will be quicker to give him our actions. And that's what's so crazy because the Gentiles in chapter one, what happens? They are quick to give him their heart and quick to give him their actions. Because they've given him their heart, they're like, let me respond quickly. His distress is severe, right? Like they're in a... They're They're like, we're about to die. That's right. That's right. And so it's no different, just in a different way with Jonah. And then Leah, talk to us about our head. So when Mm. we think of the spiritual implications for us, how we live this out, um, I think where we're at with Jonah... And all the recalling that he was doing with Psalms. He was doing with the scriptures as he's he's praying from the depths of his soul to Mm. the Lord. We see like this. Actually, I was provoked with this question. Is the Lord the first one we call out to in our moments? Mm. In every moment. Not only in our moments of distress, but in every moment. In every moment. And And Jonah's life gives us this example in this moment. Right, that he's praying God's words back to him. We saw the listen. We saw listen, honey. And yeah, he's not doing it word for word, quoting, Mm -hmm. but it's so ingrained in his heart that it's what comes out when he prays. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my challenge to us, to you, ladies. Is like, is God's word so deeply in your heart Mm. that in your moments of prayer, it's just coming out? Yeah. And I can I just push this a little bit further, Leah? Yeah. Yeah. Who or what 
are you calling out to in your moments of distress? Mm. Because that may even be a revelation Mm. of what your idols are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's on the throne. Okay. I'm about to walk out. I'm done, ladies. Okay. You know, because if you, if you're listening to this and you do not immediately think of something that you go to when you're in distress. Okay. Your phone, your show. Your, listen, your, your food palette, cart, right? Your food palettes. Okay. Something, something, something. If, it, you know, all the Southerners are that's, like, yes, honey, oh, let me find so my favorite good. restaurant and order that quick. Right. Or that sweet. That's okay. Right. Come on now. Help us, Lord. The Lord is sort of showing you mm. the things that you are attaching to, uh, to run away. You're, and you can't run away from the presence of the Lord. And so... But he's asking us to pray his word back to him. Come he's on, setting a model come on, of that. Come so on. as much as we are convicted, let's also be compelled towards what is true. Convicted like, and compelled. We can, we can create in us a deep well of God's word That's it. in our hearts so that when we pray and when we call out, it comes out. And he hears his words and he responds. Mm. And so for us, when we think of how we, I have hidden your word in my heart, Lord, so that I might not sin against you. Is God's word a treasure? Amen. Is it a savings account? Amen. When you put it in for long-term sort of, gains, sort right? Of. Long-term gains mm-hmm. um, and not just an immediate turnaround. Mm. And so where are we landing here at, in in this place as at the end of chapter two, Tashiba? Listen, I think we're landing in our hearts surrendered. Mm-hmm. And are we convicted and compelled, right? Convicted towards uh, the ways in which uh, we have uh, cherished worthless idols in our own lives. And Leah and I have been, we could go for a whole nother 15 minutes. Maybe we'll jump on IG to talk about it next week. But the way in which um, our idols are being revealed and are we compelled towards calling out, calling on the name of God for rescue, for salvation, because salvation belongs to the Lord. And here's the good news, that what we will see as we move into chapter three is that he is absolutely the God of second chances. Because right at the top of Jonah chapter three, it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. And so we can trust that he is absolutely the God of second chances and he loves to rescue his children. Um, and so we can, we can, we can trust that. Yeah. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that not only are you the God of the second and third and fourth chances, but Father, we thank you that your word says that you cast our sins as far as from the East is from the West. And so we thank you. We thank you that you love us so much that you will not allow anything else in our lives to take the place of who you are. And even in moments where we disobey you and we separate ourselves from you because of sin, you allow consequences and moments of distress to still draw us back to you, to draw us back 
to your presence. And so, Father, I pray for the woman on here who is in that state where she is at a place where she is distant and God, her worthless idols are being cherished in her life, Lord God, whether it's through the space of um, her children and the hardships with her children, whether it's through her workspace environment, whether it's through a neighbor that she does not want to uh, build relationship with, whether it's through uh, the tension, Lord God, God, of unforgiveness, God, and idols are being revealed. God, I pray, God, that that she would be compelled, that we would be compelled to call out to you for your rescue. And God, that you would remind us and call back to us the truth of your word that's, that, that is true, that salvation belongs to you and you alone, and you are ready. You are willing and ready to rescue us as your bride. Mm -hmm. And so, Father, I pray for us as women today that we would hold our hands open and surrender and say, Lord, save us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Have a blessed day, ladies. Mm -hmm.